Welcome to Behavior Babes Podcast, presented by me, Dr. Amanda Kelly. Let's talk about behavior analysis and its relation to behaviors that have either entered, increased, or no longer occur, decreased in our repertoires since going onto quarantine or the shelter-in-place orders, which have occurred around the world for nearly every individual. For example, when we first were in quarantine, there was major change to our daily lives. We no longer had interactions with people at the grocery store, on the bus, at the market, at the gas station. So not only were we limited to who lived in our household or individuals that maybe at the doctor's office that we were able to see on a limited basis, but we also no longer had access to just these daily meet and greets, these hellos, this affection, which I do think impacts us as social beings and creatures. I myself consider myself to be an extrovert. I really enjoy being in crowds, typically prior to COVID, um, and at least in most situations. I don't really enjoy a crowded elevator or crowded parking garage perhaps, but I enjoy going to conferences and meeting and speaking with people and being around people who have passion and energy. And it's very different. It's very different to give a presentation where you can't see the face of anybody in the audience and you don't really get the feedback from them or the laughter when appropriate. And so that's definitely one change. Another change is being kind of stuck inside. Depending on where you live, you might be able to go outside depending on the time of year, and it's certainly getting nicer in many places. But what kinds of things do you like to do in home all the time? And for me, I like to say that it had a lot to do with time, right? Oh, I I don't really cook at home because I travel a lot, and I don't have food in the fridge because I'm going to be leaving or coming or going and I don't want it to expire, or I haven't made time to go to the grocery store, and so I don't have the food readily available to cook at home. But basically, I think it was not so much about time as it was about skills in my repertoire. Now, it's okay if you didn't develop a new skill or a new habit or hobby that made you happy during COVID. As a matter of fact, I think it's pretty realistic to understand that that's not what occurred or will occur for most of us in these situations, especially when we are dealing with, and I believe we all are to some level, increased anxiety. For me, What I realized was it was a skill deficiency. It was a deficit in my repertoire as far as cooking goes. And, yes, I don't want to go to the grocery store any more than before and actually less because as information was being released and as it is updated and evolving our understanding of what the quarantine actually looks like or what we need to be doing as far as wiping down counters or materials or wearing a mask or not wearing a mask, it became very effortful and additionally anxiety provoking to go to situations like the grocery store. Let's talk about that for a second, as I'm sure many of us have now gone to the grocery store, but we're probably going at a reduced frequency than we were going before. Or if you're me, I'm actually going more often than before, but I wasn't really going at all. So it depends on what your baseline is. And of course, we're all always comparing ourselves to ourselves. We are our own control. But when you walk into a grocery store, what are some of the visual cues that are now different? There might be plexiglass between you and the cashier. Most places have markings on the floor that they stand six feet apart. 
How do you feel when someone coughs at the grocery store? How do you feel when you cough in public? Are you feeling like you're getting dirty looks? Does it change the way we interact with each other? I realize that I rely a lot on reading lips. I cannot do that with most of the masks or in most of the places that I go when people are wearing masks. I find that I feel like I'm yelling at people because I'm not sure that they can hear me from behind my mask. So there's a lot of environmental stimuli that are different that are going to be changing and shaping our behavior for many years to come, uh, many, many years to come. I recently celebrated my birthday, and I know that that many people have had to also have celebrations during quarantine, and some things that were different were whether or not we could gather or have friends together. So we have our shelter-in-place orders lifted. We are still in the safer-at-home place here in Hawaii, but restaurants were allowed to begin dining in as of June 5th. My birthday was on the 10th, and I was a little hesitant, or maybe more than a little hesitant, to think about going out to eat at a restaurant. And although that was something that was really strong in my repertoire before, it definitely had weakened and became something I essentially didn't do at all, even going to pick up takeout because of fears, because of worries, because of anxiety, because of effort. And so, you know, a a lot in that way has, has changed as well. And when we were celebrating birthday, um, it was interesting to think about the size of the group of people that could gather. So for us, that's six or fewer if you're from a different household. Also, who's comfortable wearing masks? What are the rules about when we have to wear them? Our restaurants have to have 50% of the capacity diminished or removed, the tables not, not available, so that they are showing that they are allowing and encouraging social distancing. But what is it? feel like when someone brings you your your food or your meal while they're wearing a mask. Some of these things will become our new normal, perhaps. Some of them might be things that we're not comfortable with, and so we find we allocate our behavior to other now, potentially more reinforcing situations or things like cooking at home. It's not as effortful as it was for me that I've developed a little bit of the fluency and strengthened that behavior in my repertoire during this time. Also, though, it's, it was incredibly valuable and motivating and rewarding to be able to go and sit at a restaurant. And we chose to go, a few friends and I, to a location that normally can only seat about 15 people. So being a party of six, you're already half the restaurant or the entire restaurant. So we knew that it would be pretty much just us at this restaurant. It's a small establishment here on the North Shore. And the doors are open and lead out to a walkway. So you're essentially kind of both within and outside of the building. So there's a lot of fresh air. And it was like, you know, who who's available? Who's available? Who's comfortable? Who's willing to dine out? And it's not about, like, which friends you like the most, but you do definitely have to prioritize or think about it perhaps a little bit more strategically than in the past, right? A party of six is perhaps smaller than we would think we would consider that a dinner gathering, which is what we had. Also, one of my friends, Molly, thank you, made me a carrot cake, a birthday cake, because I know, I know, many people would have a chocolate cake or some kind of cake with chocolate on it, but fun fact, Dr. Kelly, behavior babe, allergic to chocolate, eek, I know. So she made me my favorite cake, which was a carrot cake. 
as an adult, it feels really special if you don't have a roommate or your parents or a, a spouse. Who's going to make you a birthday cake? So it's really incredible to have such a good friend. And they brought the cake out at the restaurant with candles on it and intended for me to blow out the candles. But I don't feel like in a COVID and post-COVID world that that we should be doing that, right? Or that the recommendation is that we shouldn't you know, be blowing and then sharing our food. I think that that's something that's felt really awkward to not blow out the candles. And it actually was a strange situation because how often are we presented with the opportunity to blow out candles, probably just during birthdays or another celebration. So maybe once or twice a year. So it's not something maybe you have to think about until you're presented with actually the cake in front of you and the candles lit. What I chose to do was make sure that my mouth was covered and I essentially blew out the candles using a plate, like just sort of fanned it over the flame. So that's different. That's, you know, that's something that's going to be awkward probably for quite a while, if not forever. And we're going to have probably creative ways to get around that and to uh, celebrate birthdays. Maybe we'll make some new traditions. I know there's a lot of talk about a new normal. I think these are just some examples, though, of how our day-to-day lives are impacted and will will be shifted as we think about life moving forward. Of course, we have new behaviors to acquire, like learning to wear masks and to tolerate something over our face. If you live in a place where it's hot or if you are working in a place where it's not properly ventilated, this could be an additional aversive stimuli or something that becomes something we wish to avoid or escape. But if it's something that we need to do to protect everybody, there's still the motivation, of course, to wear the mask. But what about behaviors related to sanitizing things? I mean, how often are we washing our hands? How has washing your hand behavior changed? How has it not changed? Of course, I think there are going to be some things that are, you know, incredibly hard as we continue to move forward. What I wanted to do today was just have a quick discussion about how we can think about our current circumstance, just like we can think about anything through the lens of behavior analysis. And if you're interested as a student or you're a practitioner or Maybe you're a recipient of the services or the science. It's another way for us to kind of conceptualize that everything we do that we can observe and measure that a living organism can can engage in is considered behavior, which means that it is something that we can measure. And if we can measure it, we can change it. So here's the behavior change. (laughs) It's not easy. It's not easy for sure. If you're interested in learning more about applied behavior analysis, or matters relevant to what we talked about today, feel free to check out my website at www.behaviorbabe.com. 